Welcome to Living Free. My name is Penelope Rivera. In this program, we are combining spiritual truths with counseling techniques to help bring freedom to your everyday life. In this program today, I would just like to speak with you a little bit about when God's answer to your prayer does not match your answer key. And I'm gonna say that again because a lot of times, I was talking with a client just recently and we were speaking about this and they're like, what? And it is when God's answer to our prayer does not match our answer key. And if you're like me and everyone else, there have been things that we've prayed for and prayed for and prayed for and we feel like maybe we didn't get the answer that we felt like should have been given. Or maybe we're still waiting for an answer because we're not sure God's even brought an answer. In this program, I'd like to talk today about what do we do? And did you even realize, most of us don't even realize that when we go to prayer and we're praying for something, that we've already developed an answer key. And what that means is, I don't know, think about school. Most of you are probably not in school any longer. Maybe you are, maybe you've gone back to school. But you know how the professor, the teacher has an answer key and you go in and you do your test or whatever assignment. And then we turn our papers in and the professor, the teacher is looking through and they're using it against their answer key. And you know, how many of you would argue with, I do know some people who would, so um, this is not meant to be facetious, but would argue if you thought you got an answer correct and the teacher's going, well, that's not what was on my answer key. And you might argue with them a bit. Well, sometimes I think we do that a little bit with God or sometimes we totally miss God's answer because it didn't look like what our answer key had. And I do, you know, when I talk with people, a lot of times they'll, and when I've gone to churches, I'll even hear pastors and I will hear, hear people say, go in prayer with expectation. And I do agree with that. I do agree that we should go to prayer with expectation. The hard part is, is we go to prayer with expectation that the answer is going to look like this. And that's the problem that we're struggling with is we need to drop off that piece of, God, I'm going into prayer with expectation and this is what the answer is going to look like. And I'm guilty of it myself. I will be honest with you. I have gone to prayer several times and praying for something specific and I had an answer in mind that this is what this, this is the answer to this prayer will be this. And I think sometimes God is probably wondering, okay, well, what if my answer is not going to look like that? Because see, God can see way beyond what we can. And so when that happens, we're kind of setting ourselves up a little bit for some disappointment. And I don't know about you, but there's been things that I prayed for years. And there's a specific thing in my life that I prayed, you know, for 15, 16, 17 years for and the answer did not match the answer my answer key that's for sure god's answer was very different and it was very confusing to me and so today i want to talk a little about that what do we do with that um i have a counselor friend of mine and they always make this statement with their clients expectations equal premeditated resentments i'm going to repeat that because sometimes it's like what expectations equal premeditated resentments. A lot of times when we go with expectations, we have, like I said, our answer key. When I go to God with a prayer and here's what it is, I kind of have this expectation that this is what the answer is gonna be, God. And it's kind of that premeditated, if that answer does not line up with that, guess what? We walk away with some resentment. Well, you know what, God, you didn't answer my prayer. God, I prayed for this and I prayed for this and look at what the outcome is. 
Look at what that happened. It didn't even happen what should have happened or the way I prayed. I prayed for this. And so we built up some resentment with that. And then that kind of prevents us from seeing what maybe God had in store. And I particularly think of um, a client I worked with for a, a couple years. And um, as I'm sitting with them, as they're going through a difficult place in their life, and this person was sharing with me, you know, I prayed and prayed for 20 years for this, and I don't get it. I don't get it. And this person was a spirit, was a, you know, a strong spiritual believer, a strong, you know, Christian, knew the word, was prayed it fervently. And, you know, sometimes I have to admit, I'm sitting there going, yeah, I don't get that either. And as I was working, I just felt like the Holy Spirit just quickened me as I was working with this client. And as this person's trying to process why? I don't get it. I, I prayed and prayed and prayed and why? Why is the answer this? And I felt like the Holy Spirit just said to me, what if I did answer your prayer, but it didn't look like what you thought it was going to look like? And when I began to share that with this client, they seemed a little puzzled. And, you know, I agree. Sometimes we don't get it. But, you know, God answered that prayer, but it didn't look anything like what this person prayed, the answer they had in mind. And so as we begin to go in prayer, I do encourage people, go with expectation, but drop what your answer is. And so let's talk about what if you're one of them that was praying for something and something just either, well, there was the answer totally did not. God, you didn't even come through. You didn't even do what I asked you to do. I prayed for this. This is what I asked for. And this is the answer. And we become, again, expectations equals premeditated resentment. And so when that answer doesn't come the way I think it should, we start having resentment build up in our heart. And we start having these thoughts that are producing a little bit more of that resentment. And, you know, going to God with expectation that he's going to answer the prayer, but his way means I have to trust that his answer is the right answer. And I think that's hard for a lot of us believers, is to really trust and believe that God's answer key is the right answer for my life, even when it doesn't make sense. That requires a lot of trust, right? I mean, you're, we're trusting that his answer, it, because we are humans, it's hard for us to imagine anything beyond what we're asking for to be the correct answer. You know, praying for this marriage, I'm praying for my spouse to get saved, or I'm praying for my spouse to, you know, that they would come to Christ, that my marriage would be healed, or I'm praying that, God, that you'll move me out of this job, or that you'll change this, or you'll give me this promotion. And whatever that is, we have this expectation, and to, we have to learn to trust God that his answer is the right answer. Because when I don't, and I create, so I have that expectations, equals premeditated resentment. If I keep going that direction, it equals discouragement. So the premeditated resentment then equals discouragement. And how many of you are just feeling discouraged? Have you ever been there? I've been there. I've been in places where I felt so discouraged, I couldn't even lift my head up. I couldn't even pray. I didn't even know how to pray or even what to say because I just felt so heavy with discouragement and so heavy just I don't even know what to say, God. I don't even know how to pray for this. And that's the enemy's playground. The enemy's playground, discouragement is one of his probably top tools he uses against us. Because discouragement, you're already in a low place. 
and it's like he comes along and he just kind of pushes you further down and our thoughts get really distorted during that time you know we start thinking God how did you do this you didn't answer my prayer you know God is your word even true it says that if I ask anything in your name you will do it ever gone to God and, and, and quoted his own scripture quoted his scripture back to him yeah been there done that and sometimes I think we forget that God's ways are not our ways you know and that his thoughts are not our thoughts and it's so hard for us to even and the hardest part is see God is not a one-dimensional God we are one-dimensional human beings we cannot we have a really hard time moving outside of ourselves to see what could happen before or down the road but see God can see the entire picture so when God comes in and his answer key is not the same as yours that's because he can see something way down that you can't even see that you have no clue of what's going to happen and but he can see it and he's like I am trust me I'm working to fulfill this in your life and I know this is hard another thing we have to take into consideration is that God will never trump man's free will so this is what's really hard when I'm working with clients who are praying and praying and praying for a spouse you know, I want my marriage to be saved. I want my, you know, I want my spouse to stop this addiction or I want them to come to knowledge. I want them to get healthy and it doesn't happen. And, you know, they're praying and praying and, and I'm working with them as, okay, you know, we, and they're feeling discouraged. So remember, they had their expectation, which is that God's gonna change this, God's gonna move in this. Then it equaled the premeditated resentment because then when it doesn't happen, I start getting a little resentful well, God, you're not doing anything. You're not answering this. And then that begins to equal discouragement. And so by the time I'm working with them, they're really discouraged. And we're trying to work our way out of that by recognizing that, you know, God sees something beyond what you can see. And also, he will not trump man's free will. He will not take someone and make them do something. He will provide opportunities, and I have seen some of my clients who prayed and prayed and prayed for a certain situation or a spouse, and I've seen, and, and I remind my clients, I will say, did you see how God presented this opportunity for this person to turn their heart or to change their life? And we begin to see that God provides these opportunities, but maybe their heart is hardened. The, the other person that they're praying for, the situation is not moving towards that. But you see, we think, well, that's it. All hope is lost. That's it. But God comes and goes, no, it isn't. Yeah, it's not what you wanted. And it's not, but I have a better, I, I can still take this and turn this into a great plan for you. The reason why we want to be real careful is because if we stay in discouragement, discouragement equals despondency. We become very despondent. And despondent is that place of lack of hope, despair. I just give up now. I just don't even care. God's not hearing me. God's not going to answer my prayer. I don't know. Have you ever been there where you felt that way? I have, where it's like, God, I just, I feel like I have no hope. I, I thought this was going to happen. And I have walked this road. And I prayed and prayed for a certain situation in my life for years. And then there was this ray of light. A certain situation came and I'm going this is it I was so excited God this is it this is the answer you provided and I just knew it was what God had provided and as we move forward there was sabotage and when I walked away from that I just immediately sank because what I did is I went in with expectation that this situation that God had placed was going to change everything 
See, that was my answer to my answer key. But God's answer was a little bit different. God knew what was going to happen. And when my answer didn't happen, that premeditated resentment already started building place. And then I began to get very discouraged. And then, you know, that discouragement started seeping down into despondency and lack of hope and despair. But you know, the great thing is, is in that time that, thank goodness, as you build relationship with God over and over, I remember taking my dog Buster at that time for walks just about every evening and just talking with God about this and going, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know why this happened. See, I didn't stop talking to God. And that's so key during these times is a lot of times when we get through this place of discouragement, we go through this place of resentment and discouragement and despondency, we stop talking to God. And that's the part when we stop talking to God, the enemy just comes right in. Oh, he's ready for that. He's ready for you to stop talking to God because in that moment, you're going to hear his voice. I loved a missionary um, family came to my dad's church one time, and I loved the analogy he gave. He had my two brother-in-laws at that, t you know, come up front, and he had one represent the devil and the other represent Christ, and he had them stand on the two sides of the church, and, and the missionary stood in the middle, and he had both of them speaking things. He had the one that represented God speaking things that God would speak into us. And then he had the, my other brother-in-law representing the devil speak things that the devil would speak to us. And he stood in the middle and he said, now when I stand in the middle, he says, I can hear both speaking to me, but I don't really hear real clear. And then as he moved towards my brother-in-law who was representing God, he says, wow, I can really hear what he's speaking to me, that God loves me, God cares me, got a plan for me. He says, I can hardly hear this one over here who's speaking like the enemy. And then as he moved away from my brother-in-law who represented God and began to move over to my brother-in-law who's representing the enemy, he says, wow, all I can hear is him over here speaking the lies. And then he says, but I can't hear God over here speaking truth. And when we get into that place of despair and despondency, a lot of times we stop talking to God and we stop listening anymore. We kind of shut down. And next thing you know, we're just kind of sliding a little bit over. And boy, now we're hearing the enemy's voice loud and clear. And what does he say during that time? Wow, God really let you down. God must, you know, you must just, you know, God doesn't really care about you. God will answer other people's prayers, but he just isn't going to answer yours. I guess God's word isn't really truth. All these things, and when I'm in a place of despair and in a place of despondency, guess what? Those, those lies sound like truth because my mind is a little distorted. It's off. And so I begin to go, yeah, yeah, you know what, God? So then I stop reading God's word. I stop going to church. I just stop altogether, and God's going, oh my goodness, no, I had an answer for this answer key. I have an answer, and it's better than what the answer was on your answer key. And so during those times, I encourage you, don't allow yourself to move from that premeditated resentment to the discouragement, to the despondency, because that will just, as you creep further over, it will pull you further away from God and closer to the lies of the enemy. It is hard. So during that time that I was so confused because I just knew that what, you know, God had said, and I, I believe God, and I will tell you, God allowed that for a reason because God gave me a clear picture after I was able to kind of move through my disappointment of this picture I had set up. And believe me, I had a complete picture in my mind. 
oh, God set this up, we're going to do this, we're going to go here, and it's just going uh, to be great, God healing is going to happen, and miracles are going to take place. I had this picture, that was my answer key. And so when sabotage took place and that didn't happen, it was devastating to me. I will be honest with you, it was de because that, I knew that was going to change the whole direction of my life and things, and that was really hard for me. But the time, but that time, I didn't stop talking to God. I went to God with all my anger, my frustration, my resentment. You see, God can handle that. I think so many people are afraid to go to God and go, oh, just I'm so mad at you right now. Why did that? You know, God can handle our emotions. He's the one who created them. He wants us to go to him with all of that. Because see, when I do, then he can talk to me. But when I stop talking to dad, dad, father, he is my, he is my dad, we stop talking to God about those things and I start moving over and the enemy starts talking to me and then I start having a conversation with him. That's right. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't care about this situation. Then all of a sudden I just stop. And then I begin to move down a place where God goes, no, I have plans for you. I have, even though that doesn't match your answer key. And like I said, for myself and my situation, it wasn't right away that I was able to see. But God did show me not, you know, wasn't super quickly after that, but after I worked through all that, God showed me that that was necessary for me to realize, you know what? I did what I, all I could do. God showed me that with the steps I took, I did everything I could, and now God said, now I'm going to put my answer key in place. And it wasn't easy because I had to walk through a lot of stuff, but wow, when that answer comes, when God brings his answer through, it is the most amazing thing. That's all I can say. It really brings complete freedom to your life. When See, the enemy's goal, again, is to keep you from walking in freedom. And when we attach our answer key to our prayers for God, now remember, now you're putting yourself in the position of the teacher, the, the professor. You're putting yourself in the position of God because you're going to God. Wouldn't that be ridiculous to go into a class to take a test and walk up to the teacher and go, oh, here's the answer key, by the way. <laughs> so it just, I, I know what the questions are, but here's the answer key. So when you grade my test, here's the answer key. I, that sounds ludicrous. I know it's ridiculous. But isn't that what we're doing with God? When we go into prayer and we're asking God for something and we have an answer that we're, this is what I expect, this is what it should look like, and handing the answer key to God, saying, here it is, God. Now you, you, you know, I'm coming to you, but here's the answer to the test. Here's the answer to th that needs to be done. And you know what? God sometimes, he will answer our prayers that line up with what I'm, my, maybe my answer key is looking for. But you know, a lot of times he doesn't. Because in those moments, God says, I get it. You, you know what you want out of this. But I see what you need out of this. And I can do this incredible work in you that you don't see. You can't see. And that's the part where when we stop to drop that expectation of my answer key, we don't drop our expectation when we go to prayer. I always tell my clients, when you go to prayer and you ask God for something, go with expectation that he's going to answer. Just be careful not to put your own answer on that. 
You know, look at Paul. When Paul said he prayed years to have that thorn, or said at least three times fervently, you know, to have that thorn in his flesh removed, but God didn't remove that. And you know what is so great about that? God didn't remove that because then Paul states after that, he says, but you know what? He says, then I found out that God is greater in my weakness. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. And so therefore I will boast about my weakness so that the power of God may rest upon me. You know, sometimes God's answer doesn't look like your answer because God has something more incredible that he wants to do in your life. That if he answered your prayer the way you're expecting, that maybe it wouldn't be all the great things that God wants to do through you. And so if you're walking today and you're feeling discouraged, or maybe you're at a place of feeling despondent, of just, I just feel hopeless. I don't, you know, I don't know. I just don't know what to do. I encourage you, start talking to God about your feelings of hopelessness. Talk to God about how discouraged you feel. Because you see, God can handle our feelings. In fact, that's where we start building again. You're going to hear me talk a lot about emotional intimacy when I refer to our relationship with Christ because that is building emotional intimacy. You see, when I walk away and I stop talking, I stop connecting emotionally with someone. Just like if you're in a relationship with a spouse or a relationship with a friend and you stop talking to them, guess what? You're going to move further. You're not going to have emotional intimacy with them. But when you begin to able to, when you're able to talk to that person about how you feel and your struggles and God's there to listen, he's not there to slap you in the face or bring a hammer down on you. God's not there to do that for you. He's there to listen to you so you can say, you know, I know, I know this is really hard. Let's get through this. I love Psalm 42, 11. It says, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. You know how many times I've quoted that scripture? Put your hope in God. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. And you know, as we go to prayer and we're expecting God's answer to that prayer, how he is going to answer it, we have to remember Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 that says, Now to him, to him, to God, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask, or think all do you get that he is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us this is through him to him be the glory you know God is able to do exceedingly above you know when I go to him with my answer key and I'm like you need to do this here God God goes wait a minute wait a minute don't you realize that I have the power and the ability to do something exceedingly beyond anything you can think or imagine? Do you realize that? See, when I submit and I begin to trust God fully in that when I go to prayer, that he can take whatever I'm praying for and he can do something exceedingly far beyond anything I could ever think, then I begin to trust him even when I'm like, God, this isn't looking like this. I don't know what to do. That this, I know, God, I'm not just put, trying to put a picture on this prayer, the answer's prayer, but I'm getting a little scared here. I'm going to God. Okay, God, I trust you because you know what? I know your word says that you can do exceedingly far above more than what I can ask and think. And so if that's you today and you're really struggling because you've been praying for something for years and years, one, 
go to God and ask him, Lord, did you already answer this and I'm refusing to accept it because it's not what I wanted, it's not what was on my answer key? Or God, am I putting the answer key and I'm, I don't want to see what your answer is? I encourage you, go back, pray, ask God to open your eyes because he can and he will reveal things. He may not reveal his total answer because we don't fully understand and would probably freak us out if he did. So he might do it in bits, but when we start to trust him, that he has your best interest at heart. So the enemy wants to tell you, no, he doesn't. He doesn't really care about you. But remember, the enemy's a liar. He's a liar. But when God, we go to God with that best, he has our best interest. And he wants to do exceedingly far above what you could ever think or imagine. And I encourage you today, take hold of this word. Because God wants to bring you to a place of freedom. He wants to bring you to a place of freedom in your relationship with him so that you can begin to trust and have that emotional relationship, emotional intimacy with him. And I pray God's blessings over you today and pray that God will give you a peace in a sense that he knows what is best for you and that you will be able just to sit back and go, okay, God, I'm placing this in your hands knowing that you will answer this, maybe not how I think it should be, but you have my best interest at heart. And I just pray God's blessings over you today. Thank you for joining me. And may you continue to walk every day living free. The preceding program was brought to you by the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network, HSBN Television.